Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we are talking about parent-child dynamics. We want to explore this topic primarily from the perspective that we are all someone's kid. Often adult parent-child dynamics come up in our contemplative practices because we see our parents differently as we learn to relate to them as adults. And this can be complicated and nuanced as well as a beautiful process. So I kick it off to you today, parent-child dynamics. What do we think? Well, I think from my perspective, Watching our parents or grandparents, for those of us that have grandparents that are involved in our lives, watching them age is difficult. And I'm the youngest of five kids and I was a late in life child. And so I had the experience of watching my parents age probably at a younger age than a lot of my peers. And particularly with my dad, uh, he had complications with his diabetes in my thirties and had to have his leg amputated. And up until that point, he was very independent. He was working. And then he went from one day working to the next day, being in the hospital amputation and to being wheelchair bound. And so we all had to kind of rally around him and help with his care for a really intense period of time. And I remember at one point, my dad told me, he said, I know that our family has a lot of love. I've known that all these years, but this particular experience has drawn out our love in ways that I would have never have imagined. And I was just in awe at my dad's perspective and the way that he framed like physical disability and this life altering thing that he was going through. And I know that, you know, our experiences might not be as dramatic as the one that I'm naming, but I think, you know, realizing our our parents are people, I think is something that comes up and watching our parents maybe suffer in new ways or appreciating the way in which they have gone through hardships. I, I think for me, my parents and grandparents age, the way that they endured hardships and the lack of complaining, those sorts of things. Now that I'm older, I have such more of an appreciation about that type of thing. And so I think that for me, contemplative practices of slowing down and noticing has helped me to notice just attributes of the older generations that I so appreciate and cherish to this day. So I think that's what comes up to me initially as we talk about this conversation. I think that's such a moving uh, way into it. And and we've been talking a lot over the last few weeks about evolution of faith and other various things. And I find that even in this, there's been this evolution of perspective and evolution of connection over the course of time that if I think back to early adulthood, it's all about like making my own way and having my own opinion and all this stuff. (laughs) And then as time goes on, I start to have this shift of, oh, I see what was happening there. There's this compassion that rolls into my heart for like, you were stressed out. And, And then I look at it differently. No longer do I have this sense of harshness and judgment, but like almost like I want to rock and cradle that stressed out individual that was my parent. And so I think of it even in like, I have a stepdad and he came into my life. I'm like 14. So some rules have already been established and I like them that way. And then he changes the game. He, he, he imposes his own limits and rules. And one of them was, uh, you had to be off the phone by nine o'clock. And I found that so unfair. 
fair because I had had this unlimited, I could do anything I wanted. Uh, and it was even like my job called me one time and he said, no, they don't need to talk to you. Now, as a grown up, I am so with him. You do not need to contact my teenage daughter at nine o'clock to talk about work. You can totally be in touch tomorrow. But at that time I was like, I'm important and I need to take this call. But now in my adult life, that phone rings at nine o'clock and I'm like, who is doing this? Because I've developed this desire for peace at a certain time of night, an option to wind down. And he did that. He instilled that in me, maybe accidentally, maybe because he needed it. And even just recently, I told him, thank you for that. Like, it stuck, and I wanted that ultimately in my life, which I hope was affirming to him. I hope that that felt good. Yeah, Christina, I think that's interesting, you bringing up this idea uh, about compassion. And I, you know, a lot of the contemplative prayers are one that helps us to see others with eyes of compassion. And I think you're right. Sometimes there's these hidden things that, you know, growing up, maybe our parents had financial stresses that we were unaware of because they tried to keep that to themselves and didn't want to put that stress on them. But now thinking back, it's like, wow, how did you, you know, I come from a family of five. How did you like feed and clothe and do all the things for all five of us, given your, you know, circumstances or things like that. So I think, you know, the gratitude that you're bringing up, the compassion, I think as we are growing in our contemplative practices, certainly those things tend to widen and, and broaden in our lives. Yes, I, I agree with both of you guys. Compassion, I think, is something that is coming to me. In my later years as an adult, when I view my relationship to my parents uh, and I you know, look at my own circumstances and look at my own relationship with my children, I view uh, my parents differently now, I think, because I've taken a step back and I'm like, oh, what was what was probably part of their story that's the same part of my story, or what was even tougher, what was harder in their story raising three children than my story of raising three children. So I think I think compassion is huge for me, something that I've come into. And I really feel like it's opened up more generosity, generosity of spirit, generosity of heart towards uh, my parents, and uh, just a gratitude for them that I probably didn't have until you know, I, I had my own children and I looked at my own circumstances. So yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. And in a way you can even expand this out to like the grandparent, like Christina, you were talking about, you were talking about grandparents a little bit earlier. I find just how roles adjust over time, how grandparents tend to have this more nurturing. And I love that about what grandparents bring to the table, that if I am laying out those boundaries, like my stepdad was doing for me in that moment, that now this grandparent is coming in and just being encourager and here are the treats. You're like, I, I do treats for the kids for sure, but it's like special occasions, but grandparents are like, all oh, the treats. And I think we need that. There's that kind of time for everything notion. Like Sometimes this is the role that I am filling and sometimes this is the role. And we get to observe people in those seasons doing that different thing and getting to embrace that role that maybe you can't do it every season of your life. Even that aspect of it is so beautiful. Yeah, and I, I like that, Christina. And I think that to me, grandparents in general, there's an embodiment of being present that I think is so important. And, you know, again, the contemplative kind of teaching us to be aware and in the moment. And, you know, recently our neighbor, she's a widow, lives across the street and we had an early release day. And so she picked up our six-year-old from school because we needed some help that day. And she was so present to him and they did puzzles together. And, 
you know, we saw her the next day and, and she was saying how she needed that as much as he needed that. And so I think too, that awareness of, you know, how do we grow in presence? And again, I think just learning from the attributes of the older generation seems really important to me in this conversation. Yeah. And I think something that I'm, I'm learning from my parents right now, uh, my parents are taking care of an aging grandparent and they're, my parents are very family oriented. And so they, of course, have taken him into their home and, you know, they, they help him with his medication. They help him with his diabetes, you know, doctor's visits, but yet letting him have some independence. And, you know, as you get older, you get crankier, you, <laughs> you know, your body isn't working right. You, you know, you have all these restrictions and my parents just deal with this with love and uh, an honor and respect for my aging grandparent that uh, is very honorable and noble. I think I'm viewing this and saying, okay, well, when the time comes, if I have to care for uh, an aging parent, I feel like I have a model of how to do it well. And I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about look, being, taking a contemplative view at your, you know, your relationship dynamics between parent and child. You, you can you can look at it differently than, you know, sort of that rebellious teenager or that young adult or even, you know, people into their 40s who have this this idea that I'm going to do it different and I'm going to do better. And hopefully that's true, but hopefully it's not a judgment, right? We're judging them and saying how poorly they did something. And because we're better, we're going to do it better. I think for me, obviously my parents have put down some stones for me to step upon to rise higher than they have. And I have gratitude for that. And I think they probably have gratitude for that as well, laying that foundation for me to see how to do life in a way that is really life-giving. And so I think that's super beneficial as we think about parent-child dynamics. And I think too, it's important to name that, you know, not all parent-child dynamics are healthy. And for some folks, it's a very challenging, very challenging relationship. And, you know, I think as we have talked about on this podcast too, being aware of our own emotions and what rises up and giving permission for that. And so maybe as we are, yes, experiencing maybe some of the gratitude or we're seeing slices of our caregivers that are from a different perspective as an adult. I think sometimes on the flip side, then we can recognize, oh, wow, those words were hurtful or I grew up in a situation and now I have language for some of what I was feeling as a kid that didn't quite, you know, it, it didn't sit right with me. And so I think that also in these practices of learning to to acknowledge and to recognize and to process through some of those things feel really important as well. And so I think we would, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're naming that it's not all necessarily peaches and cream, but there are also some aspects of it that really invite us to go a little bit deeper in our healing journey as well. That's a fair point, right? And I mean, I'm sure everybody has a story, myself included. So there's plenty of struggle in there. And and, and sometimes I watch people, even as we're talking about aging parents, kind of struggling with how do I engage my aging parents with all of this angst that I, I still feel. Um, but there does seem to be, even as I watch others engage, almost a melting away of a few things over time. What really matters seems to change as we age. And that seems to be a big part of our story. 
Um, I wonder, like, as we're talking, I, I feel like the phrase just this can come up. Of like, In a way, it's just this moment right now, this thing. Like, uh, my mother has been working through some hair loss questions. <laughs> and she needs compassion in the middle of that, right? That's all she needs from me. She doesn't need like anything else that I could give, like I could give advice or whatever. Um, but she just needs somebody to hear that this is disturbing to her. And that's kind of our story. And at other times, I think that parent brings in something that I couldn't access. Like uh, right now, I take one of our kids to dance like 10 times a week. And it's a lot in every weather, the whole, going back out again. Uh, and my husband's mother was over one day and she went with me on four of these trips and she was delighted, strangely delighted. Like, this is so much fun. Usually I only make it out to the mailbox and I thought, oh my gosh, that you could be here every day. Um, but it helps to change the perspective a little bit for me in this season where it feels like it never ends. It feels like we're going to keep going. And obviously that's not true, but just this, right? To enjoy just this feels like a big part of it. Yeah. And I wonder too, as one ages, there seems to be then the appreciation for the smaller things that, you know, there's a richness there that I think when we're in the thick of careers and all the things that we're doing, it's hard to have that perspective. And I wonder too, as one gets closer to what, you know, second half of life, last part of life, end of life sort of scenarios, the perspective changes. And I think the appreciation and richness, and if we can um, be a part of that and, and be aware of that and enjoy that with others, that seems very rich to me as well. Yes. And I think I've said before on the podcast, uh, a, a teacher that I, I read in a book said that the spiritual language that we use as we mature, like really the only three words that we need to use as we, you know, reach uh, maturation in our spiritual lives is thank you, thank you, thank you. And I find that to be so rich. I'm not there yet. <laughs> that, isn't all, that isn't all there is to my spiritual vocabulary. I still say help, help, help sometimes, but I do uh, aspire to this notion of, of having gratitude in all situations and being able to take a contemplative view that allows me to see there are blessings even in the midst of these challenging circumstances. So thank you for this discussion today. Uh, what a generative conversation. Now we're going to transition to the part of our podcast where we talk about what we are into this week. What are we into? Well, we have recently started talking to a person who owns a landscaping business down the street from us, and there's the possibility that we could get an apple tree yet this year that would even produce apples. And so it's all a hope and a dream right now, but the hope and the dream and the prayer exists to possibly have an apple tree in our yard. Oh, that's lovely. Well, um, we are 
looking into hosting. So we, over the course of the last few years, we've been hosting different international students and we may be receiving someone from Japan in a few weeks. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, my Asian cooking is like, that's like the lowest bar of what I know how to cook. I know lots of different cuisine, but not that. So I ordered a wok. It should be here tomorrow. And so I am into learning all about stir frying, wok cooking. I am looking up different, how to do yakisobas and different Japanese cuisine. Um, I know that they are coming to experience American cuisine, but when you're here for a while, sometimes you just want a taste of home. So I am into learning about Japanese and Asian cooking. Nice. And I will benefit from the Japanese and Asian cooking. I am not into that, although I probably will find myself uh, alongside the cooking at some point. I am into, it is spring here in Wisconsin and the grass is starting to green, uh, which is uh, you know, it's April, it's mid-April. It's probably about the time that uh, that uh, grass turns green or it could be later, uh, depending on how cold it is. But I'm into my yard and right now I'm into varmint control. And we have moles that are digging these paths that that make the surface look like a little round animal has gone through it and, you know, creating all these ugly lines in my yard. And so I have this little spike that I stick into the, into the ground and it sends off vibrations. And apparently the moles don't like that and it is not working for me. And so I am into varmint critter control and brainstorming ways to get rid of creatures that make your yard look not as attractive as you would like. So that is what I'm into. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, we invite you to sign up for our biweekly newsletter and you can find a link in the show notes or subscribe at the contemplativelife.net. It was good to be with you. See you next time. Mm-hmm.